is the man that you fear most in football staring you right in the face? Pitch to Walter, looking for the record, cuts back, he's got it! Historians may debate whether Chicago's defense was the best unit ever to play the game. Go Bears! Welcome to the ESPN Chicago Points Bet Sportsbook pregame show on the ESPN Chicago app, 100.3 HD2 and ESPN 1000. Here are your hosts, Jeff Miller and Dion Miller. The Bears host the San Francisco 49ers today on the lakefront after being blown out in Tampa Bay last week at 3-4. and four, The Chicago Bears host the San Francisco 49ers, who are 2-4 and four in what is a pivotal game for playoff position, especially that elusive seventh seed, which it looks like right now, have almost halfway through the year, the Bears are trying to chase down, and they're doing all of this, Deion Miller... <laughs> <laughs> on October 31st, which means yes. it is indeed a Halloween affair on Soldier Field. All right. The most important question. Yes. Is Hall- is Halloween a holiday in your mind? It is. It is. I'm disappointed you didn't wear a costume. You are? We're on Twitch. I'm. Mm-hmm. I, this might shock you. I'm not a costume person. Neither am I, really. I have to admit. I, I'm not. I, I don't wonder, know what it is. It's just not my jam. I wonder if... I. You know what? This is... Perfect. It uh, leads us to if you are somebody who are who is going to the Bears game. I am going to the Bears game later today, which is part of the reason why I'm not wearing a costume. That made it a pretty easy decision. Although I suppose I could have dressed yes, you up. Could have. You probably then, would have made the jumbotron uh, had you worn well, that's, a very good costume. Listen, if you are tailgating at Soldier Field right now and you're heading into the game later today and you're wearing a costume, please check in. Let us know what yes. you're wearing. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. We're curious to know if uh, give us a little sneak peek before. You're shown on TV or on the Jumbotron today. I'm curious what people would choose to wear if they went to the Bears game. I you guess. know, do you go all out or do you try and make it a football theme type thing, Bears related? I think if you're a costume person, you go all the way, right? Yeah. Like you're not halfway. Yeah, that's true. There's Although, minimal effort costumes, which is just like a wig or a funny pair of glasses. Yeah. That's more my speed, if I'm being honest. The Joker always works well. It seems yeah. like that one gets, you know, especially like at Saints games. I'm looking on Twitter right now. Uh-huh. I'm yes. Miles Garrett. It has yeah. like a Grim Reaper outfit that he came with. Mm. And on the back, it has every single quarterback that he sacked during his career. Very okay, nice. Okay, now that's cool. a nice touch. So yeah. I don't know, Tyler, you brought that up. I don't know if you've seen. Did you happen to catch Miles Garrett, his house, how he decorated it? I did not, know. So that goes hand in hand. Miles Garrett, the, earlier this week, I think, maybe it might have even been uh, two weeks ago, mm-hmm. he posted on Instagram out in front of his house. He has like a graveyard. And on all the tombstones are the names of the quarterbacks that he sacked. And Bruce Smith, Hall of Famer of the Buffalo Bills, you know, he actually was inspired to the point where he did the same thing and put tombstones of all the quarterbacks that he sacked. Now, Bruce Smith has, I think, over 200 sacks in his career or somewhere in that neighborhood. That's a crowded graveyard. (laughs) Yes, yes. So, uh, yeah, that seems to be the theme. Interesting to see NFL players showing up in costume. In case you're wondering, too, uh, Mitch Trubisky and Justin Fields each made the the back end of this uh, costume. For Miles Garrett, (laughs) no doubt about that. That's all right. I hope Justin Fields does not come as Mitch Trubisky today. Yeah, no, I hope not, too. Right, But apparently Chris Tabor's going to 
dress as the head coach today. That is a good point, Dion. Yes. It is official. Matt Nagy, who has COVID-19, is not going to coach today. He will have to watch the game from home. We think. Or I, I guess, you know what? <laughs> I don't understand. I got secret. a beautiful setup, but um, as you can probably understand, I'm not going to get into where I'm at. <laughs> but I have a great setup. No, I, I don't coach, understand. I don't understand. <laughs> We're not asking for the specific address. Mm-hmm. We just kind of... I'm in a hotel or I'm in my basement or they found a corner for me in Hallis Hall where I can actually stay overnight. I mean, it's what is what is the big deal? I don't know. You're I was going to ask you're you You're not even winning. So what are all these secrets for? Like, let's just <laughs> come on. Just just say it. Just very say weird. it. Very it's weird. very weird. Yeah. And and very weird. And and then hearing him talk on Friday and saying, I'm still not sure when I'll be cleared, if I'll be cleared. Well, at that point, you kind of knew it wasn't going to happen. Yeah, if you don't have that first negative test by Friday, uh, realistically, no. I don't know. So, if it's even- so how do we feel about this? I will tell you my perspective. Chris Saber's a good coach, mm-hmm. and he is um, he's much more vocal at practices. He's much more energetic than we see from Nagy, the way that Nagy is. What, how, how does he conduct himself today? I, I'm interested to, to watch that if it makes a difference. And what happens if they win without Nagy? Well, this is the point. This is, for Matt Nagy, unfortunately, this is kind of a terrible situation. Uh, of course. Of course, having COVID sucks anyway. But it is absolutely brutal now because he's in a lose-lose situation. If yeah. things go well for the Bears, it's a disaster in the sense that, I, I mean, never let them know how replaceable you actually are. <laughs> right, Dion? Right. And that's exactly what will take place if Chris Tabor oversees this and then you know, Bill Lazor calls a good play, and Sean Desai has the defense running around, shutting down the 49ers. All of a sudden, everybody, the, the, the hot seat gets even hotter, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. So that's, that's problematic. And yet still, if they lose and have a bad game, all of a sudden they're 3-5, and five, and the season outlook you know, is, is, is very, yeah. very bad as well. Because as I just pointed out, this game is pivotal. The 49ers are 2-4. and four. The Bears are three and four, and right now the Bears currently sit in the nine spot in the NFC, but they're only a half game back of the Vikings, who are in the seventh seed at three and three. With two games remaining against the Vikings, that is easily a team that you could walk down. But you need to get some wins against the more winnable opponents on your schedule. Yes. And today, the 49ers are one of the more winnable opponents on the schedule. It, if, correct. And I think that they should, Bears should be waking up today with a sense of, all right, we're at home. It's Halloween. The mm-hmm. energy is going to be super high. This is a game we have to win because of how badly they were embarrassed last week. And it wasn't just the way that the game unfolded. It, they were they looked uncompetitive, Jeff. They mm-hmm. looked like they were not prepared, which doesn't reflect well on Nagy. Nope. They they the second play of the game, you're like, all right, well, this is over. Yep. And and I, that is a horrible way to for fans to feel, and even for the Bears to feel. And we talked about it last week that it seemed like they went into that game resolved that they weren't going to win. And that also doesn't reflect well on Matt Nagy. And so the Bears enter this game against the Niners who, you know, are they have their own issues right now under center, right? Yes. But the truth is that everything we've seen from Justin Fields last week was, it wasn't as bad as the Browns game. But it wasn't much better. Right. You know, what? like the way that unfolded, Khalil Herbert actually was able to gain yardage on the ground against their defense. And yet still, as you pointed out, it was non-competitive. And it did feel like the moment that the the Bears gave it up to the Buccaneers that it was over. They were not coming back against Tom Brady and the Bucs in Tampa Bay. 
And so we kind of just, you know, I don't know at what point you were like, okay, the second quarter. For me, the second quarter hit, and I was like, this game is over. Over. We're just going to have to watch it and see what happens. But for the most part, there was, I had no faith that they could amount any type of comeback against them last week. It's disappointing because those first, what, 10, 15 plays are supposed to be scripted. Those are basic things. Yeah. They couldn't do basic. They, no. they couldn't, they can't offensively do basic. And that is frightening for a team with this young, promising quarterback and a head coach who is a quote unquote offensive guru, maybe by his own <laughs> appointing at this point. I mean, it is, it's not good. No. It's not good. And, and now they're facing a San Francisco team that has lost four in a row that comes into their house favored. Yes, yes, and that was what I was going to get to. Yeah, I know. I think it's four, four and a half now. Four, four and a half. It yeah. doesn't matter. You're the underdog. Like that. I don't care how many points it is. That is that should really that's humiliating. Yeah, when you, you uh, are you have the 49ers coming here dealing with their own issues with Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, Trey Lance is going to be available today. We'll see what they do with the quarterback position. Yeah. How much you know. Lance versus Garoppolo. What we're how much we're going to get of each guy? You know, I would I would envision um, Trey Lance will get some snaps. Yeah, I would think so. Well, this, but this means a lot to Jimmy because it he's absolutely here and he's does. got so many people, so many friends and family in the stands. A hundred something. I don't know who knows. But this is this is home. This this means something to him. And the Bears are going to have less than they normally have on defense yes. because Khalil Mack is out. Right. And now he has not been placed on injured reserve yet. But we're, that is a possibility. It was reported by Ian Rappaport earlier this week that the Bears were considering it. Quickly, quickly down, shot down by Matt Nagy telling us, sure. we're not sure. We're just going through the things. Mm-hmm. Okay. But anyway, it, it, it would make sense if they did give him that kind of rest because of the way the next three weeks unfold. They have one more game after this one and then the bye week. You're right. But now the question is because they haven't placed him on injured reserve for this week. Can they retroactive it? No, not, mm-hmm. I, not in football. So... That's where it becomes problematic is that yeah. I hope, you know, this is maybe they're looking at it as after the bye week, Mac could be back. So that's why they didn't want to place him on injured reserve where he would have to miss three games. So maybe uh, that's okay. the thinking on this. But that would lead me to believe that if he's placed on injured reserve at any point now, you know, it's another. Th- so hopefully Mac will be back after the bye. We do know that he will not be ba- out there not today. The right. They did get the good news that Robert Quinn is off COVID-19. Yes. So that's huge. Without Mac, they, they're they going to need him. Uh, they're going to need him. And hopefully he hasn't lost anything in in whatever he's battled with his COVID stuff. And and he comes back and continues the great season that he's had. Because yes. he's, what, what, a half sack behind Mac mm-hmm. in, to lead the team. And, yeah. And Akeem Hicks, we will get word. It looks like he's going to play. He's he, questionable. I think he's going to Yeah, play, and I agree yeah. with you. He was a full participant on Friday, so that's yeah. usually a good and indicator. And he spoke to the media, which is also a good indicator that he's going to But we will <laughs> know. We'll know in about 20 minutes when okay. the inactives roll in whether or not he's actually playing. But it looks good that he'll be out there, which, you know, him gutting through it. And hopefully, like, in addition to being out there, hopefully he's, you know, he's feeling much better. Yeah. Because, you know, a limited Akeem Hicks, I don't know if that even helps the team when you're out there and, you know, struggling at all with the groin injury that can be problematic for a defensive tackle so hopefully he'll be out there and feeling good because they're going to need him and Quinn if they're going to stop the 49ers who are listen you can Kyle Shanahan's been under fire but I have long admired what he does as a play caller Mm -hmm. and I think the Bears are going to have you know they're going to have a lot of challenges today because he because Kyle Shanahan 
no matter what, he's going to make it difficult on your defense in terms of dissecting what they need to do and attacking the football. Yeah, and the defense needs to be strong because you look at what the, the 49ers average over 20 points a game. Bears aren't getting there yet. And yeah. so the the defense is going to have to play a huge role today. And we'll see, too, how Justin Fields makes that continues to make that connection with his wide receivers. I am I'm going to say something. I am so tired of hearing. But he didn't get a lot of snaps in training camp. I'm sorry. It's November. <laughs> you have been practicing together the whole time. Okay, so a couple years ago we took my daughter out of school and she claimed that that moment in first grade has set her behind forever, right? She's still <laughs> saying, if you wouldn't have taken me out of school in October of 2019 or whatever, uh-huh. I would be further ahead than I already am. This is what this sounds like, right? Like, I can't hear it anymore. Well, I, can't, I can't hear it anymore. Well, well, I have bad news for you, Deanna. You're, gonna, you're, gonna have to, you're going to have to listen to it just a little bit next segment because we owe it to the listeners and fans out there who may have missed it. Ellen Robinson, Justin Fields, and Matt Nagy, all of them addressing the fact that Justin Fields did not get get enough reps with Allen Robinson. Maybe that's the reason their chemistry is off. Deanne wants none of it. I don't want any of it. But you know what? I'm going to force <laughs> her to listen to it at least one more time. We'll do that next here on the Points Bet Sportsbook pregame show on ESPN 1000. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Facebook at ESPN Chicago. You're listening to the ESPN Chicago Points Bet Sportsbook pregame show on ESPN 1000 and 100.3 HD2. Here are your hosts, Jeff Miller and ABC7's Dion Miller. We've got uh, Bears on parade, not Bulls, although the Bulls won last night against the Warriors. That was impressive, yeah. huh? It's fun to have winning basketball in town. Oh, thank God for the that Bulls That was right a now. big win for them. Like a good a statement win for them. They lose by one point, mm-hmm. come right back, shorthanded, no Patrick Williams, yep. Tamar DeRozan. And he's fun to watch. Absolutely. That was cool. The, that was the, fun. Yeah, the, uh, yeah, let's take a quick, you know. Brief, brief uh, departure to the Bulls there because, listen, you heard the bed there, Bulls on parade, and uh, the Bulls are 5-1, and one, so they're a team that's yes. actually pretty excited to watch right now. So uh, I'm, I'm, I've been thoroughly entertained by them this season, Same. and I'm so happy that uh, they are back and uh, more entertaining to watch for sure. Yes. Now, can the, need that as opposed to yes, the Bears Because right can, now. The, can the Bears provide us enter any entertainment going forward? That's the question, especially because let's, let's be honest. Of course, in this city, everybody loves defense, but the game has now moved to a point where you need to be productive offensively. And offense is fun to watch, right? When it's going well. Right. The Bears' <laughs> offense has not been fun to watch. And maybe is the reason because Allen Robinson, one of your, your best wide receivers, your highest paid offensive weapon out there, is struggling. Is it because he is not on the same page with his quarterback, Justin Fields? Well, he let us in just a little bit earlier this week when he met the media. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, that's something that we're continuing to continuing to build on, you know, again, continuing to get reps in practice. Um, again, I mean, um, it wasn't, you know, many snaps that we kind of took throughout training camp and stuff like that. So, I mean, a lot of these things, you know, again, we're just we're just trying to build on. All right, Dion. I, you, that is you're annoyed such a by this. tired excuse. Mm-hmm. That That's, no, I'm sorry. We are in week eight. When did Justin Fields start for the first time week three and Andy Dalton was injured for some of that time Mm -hmm. so those were all reps that he was taking with the first team I'm sorry you cannot tell me that that 
not taking reps the first week of August is now impacting their chemistry to start November. So the next day, Justin Fields was asked, all right, so what are you guys doing uh, working together with Allen Robinson because of the lack of first-team reps that Allen Robinson lets you in on there? I mean, of course. The more reps you get with the receivers, the better chemistry you have. So, I mean, uh, it's that simple, really. Brief, to the point. He also talked about getting together now after Uh, practice via Zoom. Via Zoom. Which, that's the thing. Is that because they're... Because of the COVID issues they're having this week, is that why they're doing it on Zoom and not in person or on the field, perhaps? Or maybe while they're taking reps, talking through why things are working and why they're not? See, that doesn't, the one that, that I don't feel like, and I've never played quarterback in the NFL, but I don't feel like whatever they're doing via Zoom is really going to help the chemistry. I, this is a, 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 I throw the ball, you catch the ball. Yes. And we get our rhythm together and, that's, I think, more of what they need. They need to be in sync when it comes to what Allen Robinson's doing out on the field and what J- Justin Fields expects him to do out in the field. Right. Do you agree with that assessment? I, I do. And and he Justin also talked about adjusting routes, right? Mm-hmm. Or something, making some changes to the way they were running the offense, which is interesting to me. Again, you're talking about it and not actually physically doing it on the field. I mean, to harken back to former Cubs skipper Joe Madden, he would always say, do simple better, right? Mm -hmm. Like, just do it, do the simple things better. That's all they need to do at this point to build up Justin's confidence with the receivers that he's got out there. And and that will, like, one successful play will hopefully string to another one. That's what they have to start doing to get the offense rolling. You yeah. can't average 14 points a game in the NFL, in a grown-up NFL. No, and, and expect to win. No. no you're, you're right no. about that. And I do think, listen, I do think there's something to the fact that Justin Fields was not the number one in camp. Because the way practice time, you know, based on the CBA and everything, what they're allowed to do versus what how much time, practice time they actually can get out there and do you know Justin Fields not being number one in training camp? I do think I do buy into this is the problem with him not being the starting quarterback is that Andy Dalton was running for the most part the first team reps, yeah, and there's only so many reps to go around because of the CBA. You're only allowed to have so much practice time, and it's not like you can enforce you know, or I'm sorry, you can't force players to get out there and throw more. They need to be willing to do it. And I'm not sure Allen Robinson, based on the way the offseason unfolded with his contract, was willing to give a whole bunch of extra efforts. Right. No, I don't think... He don't... was trying to make his point. Right. And so that's a situation where maybe if Allen Robinson had gotten a big long-term deal, he might have been more willing to stick around with the rookie quarterback and, and run some routes things. in their free time. But see, I argue that that should have been something that they that the Bears coaching staff set up on purpose because this is their future. Well... They felt they had to feel at some point, especially bringing in all those new receivers that they did, Mm -hmm. that all three, I argue, all three quarterbacks should have been working on chemistry with these new guys that apparently can win a track meet. They just can't score touchdowns or something. So with, yeah, and and I will, I'll point to, I don't know if I played it on this show or with the uh, Waddle uh, last week, but Julian Edelman talking about his, how he, you know, getting in sync with Tom Brady about How and you know what I'll find it. We can play it later in the show. But he talked about how just running routes with Tom Brady in the off season in practices when they got together, so that Tom Brady understood you know his body language when yeah. he would make when they would cut a route short, two yards short. Edelman, you know, one of Brady's favorite targets in the history of his career, 
thought it was important that Brady understand how he liked to come out of breaks because it, he thought like they got into a rhythm and better sync because that's part part of playing football. It's not always no matter how you no, no matter uh, what right. kind of offensive guru you are, right. you know if you if you call for a ten yard out, you know or an eight yard in whatever it happens to be. You know, the truth is that sometimes the defense dictates you need to cut that short. And so that's where the players on the field earn their money. And that's why I do think there's some legitimacy to Allen Robinson saying, I need to be in sync. But then that is the real question. Was the true failure here by the Bears coaching staff? And you can, if you want, send it up to the front office as well. Not understanding that we understand you signed Andy Dalton. But for the best health of this organization moving forward it was always going to be about getting justin fields ramped up and ready to go as quickly as possible and that's what makes we go back to that loss at cleveland how disappointing that was because he came out and it looked like they did not have a plan Mm -hmm. for when he would be ready to start they were so excited about a mobile quarterback and all he could do woohoo! and we have nothing prepared for him that's Mm -hmm. what it looked like and i think that's where i feel like what alan is saying about minimal reps with him the chem the lack of chemistry that they say they're still having is an indictment on the coaching staff. That uh, you know that leads us perfectly. Jay Cutler joins Waddle and Sylvie every Friday. He joined them this past Friday, and he talked about the Bears' game plans in the last few games. I mean, let's be honest. Like the Bucks' defense is legit. Those boys can flat out fly. Um, and then whenever you're trying to score, and we, we've talked to this before, like you're not going to go round for round with uh, Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady. Like you got to shorten the game. You got to run the ball. Got to do play action. You got to control the clock. And like. They did none of that, so I don't. I don't know what the hell they're doing. <laughs> there you go. I think we all feel that way right now. I don't know <laughs> what the hell such they're doing. An honest assessment, and so what everybody is thinking. Yeah, what are they doing? I don't know. I it, don't know. It, it's pretty apparent that you, when you have a young quarterback, who I guess when you look at it too, we're now in week eight, mm-hmm. and you mentioned you know Justin Fields started in week three, and at this point you'd hope to have some type of assessment where you felt really good, right? Yeah. I think, you know what? what? This is a perfect question for listeners out there. 312-332-3776. Based on what you've seen so far from Justin Fields at the NFL level, do you know, do you have any clarity about what type of player he's going to be? I'm not asking when they drafted him and we were all really excited about right. the possibility. Based on what we've seen out on the field and maybe point to some specific plays that you remember, is there anything you've seen that's given you any clarity as to whether or not he can be a, forget franchise quarterback, if he can be a starter for the Bears going a forward? winning quarterback. Yeah. Like, and, and people, we want, Bears fans and this franchise want a decade plus mm-hmm. from this guy of, of consistently competing in the division and in the conference, like actually competing for championships. Have we seen anything from him that would comfort us to think that is eventually coming i I, I, can i answer because i don't feel very good about it i don't i don't feel good about it and i i'm starting to worry about him because i and i'll get into this some a little bit in the notebook but i'm starting to worry a little bit about how this is impacting him Mm -hmm. and and how he's now i mean trying to take these zoom meetings with his receivers and rewrite things about the offense like how much he's trying to force the issue now because he doesn't like the way that this feels you're right about that he started you can and you can hear it now when he does meet the media is he's getting shorter it seems like he's a bit perturbed i'm sure outside of 
outside of what happened in Georgia, he hasn't had to really face too much adversity because no. he's been such a talented quarterback and things have always gone, for the most part, well yes. for Justin Fields, right? Yeah. And now he's finally in a situation where I don't think, you know, his talent, it's not, his talent alone will not allow him to just beat teams. You need right. to you need your NFL head coaches to be there with you. And this actually, uh, I think, leads perfectly. Dan Weeder was on with Cap and Jay Hood, and Connor was in for Hoodie this uh, the last couple of days. And Connor asked Dan, who covers the Bears for the Tribune, about Justin Fields' development. Is it is it? Are you concerned about his development, or do you just think this is a bad scheme? This is how Dan Weeder responded. It's a blurry question that now has to be answered by the people up the food chain at Hallis Hall, right? Most notably, George McCaskey and Ted Phillips. You've got 10 more games to put together the pie chart on the question you just asked, right? Is Justin Fields uh, and the passing attack struggling because it's their fault? Is it struggling because it's the game plan's fault? Is it the scheme's fault? There's a pie chart here that means everything to the future of this organization, and you've got George and Ted trying to put that together at the top of the food chain. I'm not sure very many people in the city have confidence that they're going to be able to take a sophisticated lens to that question and be able to answer it in a clear way. We've got to watch this unfold in the coming weeks, and we've got to see Justin Fields' growth. And if Justin makes notable growth, we have to ask the same questions, right? We have to say how much of his uh, you know, big steps forward are a result of him being a very talented quarterback with a high football attitude and tremendous work ethic, and how much of his growth is, is based on what the coaching staff is doing to bring him along. It's complicated. It means everything to the future of this organization. And you can understand why in this city there's such a, a dramatic amount of anxiety about that question. I mean, that's how... How I- do you decipher the two? That's, that's, that is. That's a huge question to be asking. Like, you wonder how much, if he is able to show significant growth and find some success, as Dan was saying, how much of that is just the fact that he is so competitive and he is so talented that he can... He can outshine a bad scheme and a bad coaching staff and and keep them their jobs, maybe? I, it's a question we're going to have to <laughs> continue sigh. to unfold. And we're I, only yeah, 30 yeah, minutes I in and you're already sighing. Listen, I love I, it. I'm not going to lie. I, I sigh quicker in the uh, on the points bet sports at <laughs> pregame show more uh, much more quickly than I do in most shows that I do, Deanne. Uh, she is Deanne Miller for ABC7. She covers the Bears. She does the sports at the 10 o'clock news, of course. You see her there all the time. I'm Jeff Miller. We are talking Bears and 49ers ahead of the game at the lakefront on Halloween here. And uh, we will get the inactives and find out if Akeem Hicks is indeed in. We'll let you know and we'll uh, hop inside Deanne's notebook. We'll do that next. This is ESPN Chicago Points Bet Sportsbook pregame show on the ESPN Chicago app, 100.3 HD2, and ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. The Bears inactives are in indeed, and good news, Akeem Hicks is not on that list Now, we kind of expected that with the participation in practice on Friday. Akeem Hicks will be on the field for the Bears today. Khalil Mack will not. We already knew that was the case. He's inactive along with Nick Foles, Brashard Perriman, Artie Burns, and Caleb Johnson. Those round out your five inactives for the Bears today. No real surprises. Yeah, not really, because like I said, we knew Khalil Mack uh, ahead of time, and the good news is that Akeem Hicks is going to be active. We're going to call a quick audible here. Jeff Dickerson's going to hop on now. He was going to join us in the 11 o'clock hour, but 
ESPN Radio National has called and they want, they have yes. summoned JD to do a mothership hit in the uh, in our 11 o'clock hour. So we're going to go ahead and uh, audible. We'll move Dion's notebook to the 11 o'clock hour. And Jeff Dickerson's going to join us now. JD, uh, any initial reaction to whatever you want to go with the uh, COVID, you know, players that are out still or returning, Akeem Hicks on the field, Khalil Mack out. Where do you want to go with this? Well, I feel a little bad that I'm uh, preempting Dion's notebook here. I, I mean, this better be... <laughs> This better be a good hit. And there's Nonsense. a lot of right now. Oh, stop it, JD. You always bring um, the best. Tell us what's well, going I do, on. I do my best. I do my best. We um, we also had an inkling that Akeem Hicks was going to play because he actually spoke to the media on Friday, which is something that he almost never does. <laughs> so he was actually available, and he had full participation. That all led up to him uh, uh, being active today. Yeah, obviously, Kobe Mack is going to be a loss. We did not put him on injured reserve. So as of right now, this is a one-game thing. they got to really hope that that foot feels better because they need him out there badly. I mean, this is a San Francisco team that has lost four games in a row. Mm-hmm. They still have some weapons on offense. They can move the football. They're going through their own little quarterback situation with Garoppolo and Trey Lance that Kyle Shanahan, like Matt Nagy, is trying to navigate. So it's, a, it's a, going to be an evenly matched game, I think. It should be a good game, and it's a game that the Bears just absolutely – if they want to in any way keep pace in the NFC North behind Green Bay, have to find a way to win. How significant is it that Nagy isn't coaching uh, from the sideline today? I think there is significance. I'm not going to give you the Matt Nagy jokes here, okay? That's not, and I know in the notebook there were no Matt Nagy jokes either that Dion was Not even a little, yeah. no. <laughs> no. Look, I know that he is not very popular right now in Chicago, but he does a lot of good things as a head coach, aside from you know the whole play-calling thing, which he is not doing anymore. You know, he's very well-liked. He's energetic. He keeps them focused. He keeps them organized. Uh, he is very interactive with players on game day. So that will be missed. I mean, any time that you're an NFL player and you're a creature of habit and you don't have your head coach on the sideline, it's going to feel um, a little different. It's going to be a little different. Now, I don't think that it in any way would prevent them from winning this game. I don't think that's going to be the determining factor between a win or a loss. But not having them here certainly doesn't help. I mean, it's always helpful to have all of your coaches, especially your head coach, with the team. But I think it's something that they can overcome and something that, quite frankly, I think they just have to overcome because, again, um, losing this game is just not an option if they want to be really considered uh, contenders for any sort of playoff spot. Did you sense the shortness from Justin Fields this week and kind of impatience, I guess, with the media? And do you expect to see more, quote-unquote, chemistry with his receivers after this week? You know, when he said that, Dion, that they're close to a, a big game, yeah. he would know more than we would know. You know, like, we haven't seen that, right? I right. Mean, what, what evidence do we have? But again, we're not watching film like he's watching film. We don't know the route combinations like he does. We don't know how close certain plays were that they have not worked in the last couple of weeks. We don't know that like he knows it. Um, yeah, I think he's probably, you know, I don't think he's impatient. I just feel like he's one of these guys where if I'm not playing well, I don't know what to say. You know, mm-hmm. this, is, this, is a different, this is a different spot for him. And I kind of felt that beyond too in Tampa last week mm-hmm. when he came to the podium. And he was like, look, I don't know. I've, n- I've never had this yeah. happen before where I'm losing these games. So I, I, I always give the young guys, when it comes to the media stuff, you always give them the benefit of the doubt. 
cut him a lot of slack because there's a lot going on your rookie year, and the media component is just a small little piece of it. I just feel like he's searching, like everyone else, he's searching for answers, and he's never had to do that in his football career. So I think that's the difference, and that's kind of what he's trying to figure out, and maybe that comes across as being impatient. I think that's a guy that just is right now kind of uncertain and unsure exactly how to figure it out and fix it. Jeff Dickerson joining us live from Soldier Field as we get you set for Bears and 49ers on the Points Bet Sportsbook pregame show here on ESPN 1000. I'm Jeff Meller along with Deion Miller. All right, J.D., we also know that Larry Borum has been, he's returning from injured reserve today, and even though Elijah Wilkinson is off the COVID-19 list, it sounds like there's a chance that Larry Borum could be the starting right tackle for the Bears this week. Certainly sounds that way, Jeffrey. You know, they haven't lined up yet as a team. You know what I mean? So we can yep. kind of, you know, when, when they get on the field for pregame warm-ups next hour, we'll have a much better idea as to exactly who's going to be playing because they line up the way that they're going to play in the game. But, yeah, look, he's a, he's a talented guy, and they watched him closely this week at practice. I know that it's uh, a, a lot. It, it, it requires a leap of faith for a young guy to be out for a couple of weeks and then only have three practices and then play. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, they want to put the best possible – person out there and before he got hurt you know he was playing on the other side so they like him an awful lot a real promising first year player and yeah my guess is too that he's going to see some time today I bet he does how much can they uh will they need to rely on Robert Quinn to pick up where he left off before he was on that COVID list especially because the offense is struggling so much the defense has got to bring that pressure they have to Dion and now he doesn't have Khalil Mack to kind of Mm -hmm. feed off of we'll see how he how he responds today. Yeah, it was a real – now, I don't think Robert Quinn changes a whole lot in Tampa last week, but, I mean, it certainly would have helped them out defensively. He's having a great year. What a bummer that he had to go on the mm-hmm. COVID list and kind of disrupt that chemistry and disrupt the, all those good vibes that he was putting out there. I mean, for the Bears to win today, obviously the defense has to have a great performance. So I think they can. I think they're capable of doing that against San Francisco. We talked before about what the Niners have. They've got some ability, but, you know, their quarterback situation is very much in flux, and they've lost four games in a row. Mm-hmm. That's what – I mean, they're coming in here. They're limping in the Chicago. And the last thing, if you're the Bears, that you want to do is get off to a slow start and let a team that's lost all these games in a row feel like that they can win um, and give them confidence and put them in control of the outcome here. So, uh, yeah, Robert Quinn is going to help, no doubt. I think defensively it's going to be a game where, you know, it could be low scoring. It could be ugly, but if the Bears' defense plays the way they're capable of playing, I think they've got a good shot to win. And yet, despite that, J.D., the 49ers come into this game as a four-point favorite. So we will, <laughs> we will have more with the, uh, Teddy Greenstein uh, up next as uh, we talk about the Bears and 49ers on the Points Bet Sportsbook pregame show. But that's certainly no good when you are dealing with your own issues and the 49ers who are struggling come into this game and, and still thought to be a, a pretty substantial four points on the road is a pretty that's substantial. A yeah, yeah that's, it is. that's that just that's goes to lot. show you the way the sharps are thinking about the bears right now. And it's not you good. Gotta, gotta get to the bottom of that with Teddy. And while you're at it, ask Teddy about Northwestern. What the hell's going on yeah. there too, okay? 
<laughs> That's have, a mystery. Have a double dual hit right there with Teddy and be like, JD wants to know what's wrong with Northwestern. Uh, listen, we'll ask like, him. We'll ask him. I'm, sh- I'm sure he'll. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure he'll just say, "Look, uh, the the cats. Uh, they're doing their best to get uh, Pat Fitzgerald another uh, extension, another uh, bump in pay." <laughs> it's just, it's all setting up for a big win late in the season, so that Pat Fitzgerald can parlay that into a, another uh, raise. Jay. Of course, of course. Doesn't Pat have like 35 years left on that deal? He's I'm not pretty sure. Anywhere. I mean, you know, can you break down what's wrong with the Illini, or is that a topic for another time? <sighs> Well, low blow, yeah, you, yeah, low blow. Yeah, I mean, I mean, first of all, that would not be in the notebook. And if anything about Rutgers is in the notebook, it's I'm going to be very upset. Okay? It's not. It's not. It's not. Jeez, not this losing week. at home to Rutgers. I mean, I how do you beat Penn State? On the and road, then you come right? home, and then you lose to Rutgers. Now, Rutgers is a, is better under Greg Schiano. You know, they're oh. they're improving. But still, I mean, come on. It's laid an egg. Your win. head coach said we laid an egg in the second yeah. half. All right, all right. We've gotten Sorry, off the, we've we've gotten off the rails. I'll, we've derailed. Uh, we can do a, a short <laughs> departure for a big Bulls win against the Warriors. We cannot go, though, for uh, multiple minutes on the Illini when we, when we have a Bears 49ers game showdown on the lakefront. All right, so what do you do? You have any, uh, any kind of idea as to how the 49ers will handle Trey Lance today with Jimmy Garoppolo under center? You know, but, long, but with Lance still kind of like, yeah. you know, fighting his way. Had a long talk with uh, the great Nick Wagoner, who is our 49ers reporter for the NFL Nation group. And they've just really messed up the messaging. You know, the first day of training camp, Kyle Shanahan said, listen, there's no quarterback controversy. Jimmy Garoppolo is our guy. Trey Lance is our backup, and that's how it's going to be this year. And then two days later, John Lynch goes on the radio and says, oh, boy, Trey Lance is really pushing Garoppolo to be the starting quarterback. They're like, wait, what? So, you know, people complain about the Bears and having no access. Well, at least they're not giving out all these conflicting messages. Um, I think they're going to use Trey Lance. You know, I mean, Shanahan will have some spots for him. But this really is still supposed to be Garoppolo's year, and he's making all that money. And, um, you know, it would just be – it would be, I think, the wrong move to permanently take him down right now. Ultimately, though, that might happen. We will see. But, yeah, my guess is you'll see Trey Lance today – uh, but it'll be mostly be Garoppolo's show. So will Bears fans be eating their feelings in Halloween candy later, or will it be in celebration? I picked the Bears, Dion. Yeah. How about that? How about that? I'm, people, Cap thought I was an, an imposter on, <laughs> on the show. He, he thought the real JD was tied up in the corner, and I was like his evil twin, you know? No. I, look, look I, I'm not a believer in the 49ers one bit. Why would anyone be a believer in the 49ers? I think, again, right. if defensively, the Bears can come out and really set the tone and force the takeaways that they're capable of doing against teams like this. I've got the Bears winning 17-16. All right. All right. 17. J- That'd J- be good. J.D. unveils his costume. He's he's going as a Bears fan today. So <laughs> he's no longer an objective Bears reporter. That was way back reporter. in the closet, Jeff. That was way back. I had to really <laughs> yes, dig yes. to find that costume. <laughs> I love that, though. That's one of those minimal effort costumes. What's in the closet? I don't need to actually buy anything. Buy anything oh, look. Way back here. It's a, I can go as a Bears fan th- today. I love it. There we go. Optimistic Bears. All right, Jamie. We love it. We hope you're right because it'll be a lot more interesting if the Bears can win a couple games before the bye here and uh, try and lay claim to that seventh seed in the NFC. Hey, if they win two in a row, maybe they actually uh, can look for uh, even more, a six or six seed even. Who knows? Uh, But uh, we will let you go. Get ready for that uh, ESPN Nationals hit, JD, and we will uh, go ahead and move Dion's notebook to the 11 o'clock hour. Thanks for hopping on, man. 
Sorry about the Illini talk. Hope we didn't chase away too many listeners. I'm yeah, sorry. Thank I'm you sure. guys. It was you. all my fault. It yes. was all my fault. I blame you both. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right, JD. Talk to you later. He is at Soldier Field covering the Bears for ESPN and ESPN 1000. I'm Jeff Meller alongside Dion Miller. Up next, we let you know what's going on with all the latest lines as Teddy Greenstein joins us from PointsBet Sportsbook. This hour is brought to you by Teddy Greenstein's Northwestern Football. Chicago's Big Ten team, Coach Fitz and the Wildcats host Minnesota, Iowa, and Purdue this fall. Tickets on sale now at nusports.com. This, this, this is the ESPN Chicago Points Bet Sportsbook pregame show. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. It's the time of the show when we check in with PointsBet Sportsbook's Teddy Greenstein to find out the latest in regards to the odds, the numbers, if you will. And before we jump into Bears and 49ers, Dion, yes. we have to relay Jeff Dickerson's question to Teddy Greenstein. Teddy, JD wants to know what's going on with your cats. <laughs> <laughs> My God, last year seems like 20 years ago, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, they were really in the Big Ten West. You know, they won the Big Ten West. They were yeah. in the title game. And, man, I took my kids out there to Ryan Field yesterday, and I actually felt like a bad parent. They were yeah. bored out of their minds. <laughs> oh. They were chilly. And uh, sorry, but we left before halftime. It's the earliest I've ever left a game. Oof. Well, it was over by then, so we didn't really miss much. It yeah. was not a good day for the Cavs. 41 to 14 oh. to the Gophers, no good. Let's turn our attention to better things, or at least what we hope to be better things for Bears fans. They can actually get back into the playoff race, though, because this game is huge. They've got the Niners. The Niners are 2-4. and four. The Bears at home are 3-4. and four. And so they have a good, at least, I don't say good, they have a shot to put themselves right back into the playoff race here with a win against the Niners. But, Teddy, the Niners, they're four-point favorites. Yeah, Jeff, I appreciate the optimism. God, I just got a call talking about the Eagles and Lions, so I'm only talking about winners today. <laughs> um, you know, this line actually opened at three and a half, and the betters came in early on the 49ers, and it has been up basically at four ever since. And in some ways, it's hard to pick a side. I mean, the, the 49ers, of course, losers of four straight, nine turnovers oh. in those games, one and five against the spread this year. Um, Bears three and four against the spread, so not much there. Obviously, the Bears didn't have a pass rush last week. I don't know if you, if people are uh, betting on the Matt Nagy factor, the fact that he's not going to be around. Does that help them? Uh, one other interesting factoid: it's the lowest total of the week, thirty nine and a half points. But if you think that sounds low, consider that six of these seven Bears games this season have gone under. Unbelievable! So help Bears fans win something are there some interesting prop bets out there that they could get in on Dion, i've been looking at it you know i think this could be a day where people take the under on a lot of props when you think about these teams um so you know jimmy garoppolo's passing yards over under is 207.5 that sounds a little high to me what really sounds high to me is this jimmy g passing attempts over under 28.5 now, especially if you consider that Trey Lance is apparently healthy and going to play and contribute, I think the 49ers are probably going to be ahead in a lot of this game. I think it's going to be a lot of rushing with Elijah Mitchell. So is Jimmy G going to attempt 29 passes or more? So I'm thinking the under on that one. And if you are still not bullish on Justin Fields, his over-under for passing yards is 187.5. 
I like that, and this that goes that works in conjunction with uh, the name of bet that I'm most interested in right now, Teddy. You've got the uh, Khalil Herbert and Elijah Mitchell to combine yeah. for 150 plus rushing yards. We know that Khalil Herbert is going to have to be a focal point if the Bears are going to do anything that they want to do offensively. And as you just pointed out, I'm with you, Kyle Shanahan. When he can, he wants to run the football, and without Khalil Mack on the field, I think that makes this defense less imposing for the Bears. I like that combination of uh, Elijah Mitchell and Khalil Herbert going over 150 yards. Now, I'll, I'll grant it; it's the you know the shortest odds out there, but yeah. that one's intriguing to me. Jeff, I'll be honest; that is the only one that I would touch as well, because you know these name of bets are really based on uh, offensive accomplishments, and I just don't <laughs> see a lot here. You know, you can look in the weeds and you can find you know the score, defensive touchdown, or. Uh, but I just think this is a game where we're not going to see a lot of splashy numbers. I mean, Elijah Mitchell looked great last week, 107 rushing yards on 18 carries against the Colts, and the Colts are obviously no joke. So Herbert, you know, has looked good. The Bears can rush the ball, so I agree. It only pays minus 120, but if you are going to go the name of bet route, I think this is the one. Can I go out on a limb, though, on the name of bet? Please. I'm actually thinking Allen Robinson gets three or more than three receptions, and the Bears win. I'm going that route. There you go. I mean, it pays nicely. It does. Plus 220. So, I I mean, the Robinson, you know, it's one of those things where if you think the Bears are going to win and you want better value than the money line, this is a good bet. So, like, the Bears' money line is plus 175. But this is plus 220. Right. Can the Bears win without Allen Robinson making three catches i don't think so so you're getting you know some enhanced value here if you think the bears are going to win as we spring you teddy i do want to know though how about this sunday night game we've got dak prescott's status up in the air right now sounds like he's a game time decision but i'll be honest based on everything we've heard and read about him this week i wouldn't be shocked at all if we have cooper rush under center for the cowboys against the vikings totally agree i'm in a guillotine league and i just subbed out dak for uh, Jalen Hurts. I, I have no confidence that he's going to play. So how it works for our Sunday Night Football is it's, it's a $20 risk-free bet. And what that means is you bet $20 on anything. It can be a prop. It can be anything you can find. And if it doesn't hit, you get the $20 returned in free bets. So uh, maybe Dalvin Cook as a first touchdown scorer plus 550. You take a flyer, and then uh, you're, you're pretty much good either way. Beautiful. Sounds good. Teddy, thanks as always. We appreciate it. We will be uh, checking out more of these bets to come, and we will uh, be talking to you very soon when the uh, – you know what? We have to discuss this because okay. the Bears are on Monday night oh, next right. week, so we're going to have to uh, figure that's out what our plan is going to be. Nevertheless, though, I promise you we will be uh, checking out Points Bet Sportsbook, especially the app, and uh, finding some pretty cool and creative wagers. Thanks for joining us, Teddy. Perfect, guys. Have a great Sunday. See ya. That Bye, is Teddy, Teddy Greenstein. Go Cats. Oof. Oof. I don't even know. Yeah. I don't even, when you say go Cats, what do you mean? Go Cats, go score 10 points or more. We'll be happy. Uh, oof. I you know, know what? It's a lot like the Bears. It is. I, bl- I blame the Cats for the reason that Justin Fields fell as far as he did in the draft. They were able to <laughs> stifle Ohio State, and they were really the only team that right. did last season. So That's true. that might be why Justin Fields actually is the Bears' starting quarterback and why they were able to trade up for it him in the draft. all comes back to Northwestern. But uh, that is the question. How much confidence do you have in Justin Fields right now from what you've seen? Or do you, do you, do you believe he's got plenty of talent? Or are you concerned that it's not just 
Matt Nagy's offense and the scheme. Plenty more to go here on the Points Bet Sportsbook pregame show brought to you by 3Chi and Valparaiso. I'm Jeff Miller alongside Deanne Miller. Back in two minutes on ESPN 1000.